who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. My name is Jenny Owen-Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Our podcast is spoiler-free, so first-time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to yourself, I wish someone was brave enough to write an original song for every single episode of Buffy? Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at bufferingcast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to I'm Listening. This is a Frasier fan podcast hosted by number one Frasier fan, me, Anita Flores. Each new episode, we have a special guest, and today is no different. Today, we have a TV and film writer, originally from Chicago, who claims to love Frasier. Does she love Frasier as much as me? I guess we'll see. Please welcome Meredith Dawson to the podcast. Meredith, how are you? I'm great. Uh, how are you? I'm fantastic. Um, this is, I just, listeners, I just want you to know this is the very first time that Meredith and I are speaking where we can hear each other's voices because I would love to just, you know, I, I think uh, there have been some very interesting ways in which I have gotten people to be on this podcast. And in your particular case, Meredith, I, uh, I saw an article that came out um, in Variety saying that you, it's, it's, this is the, this is the name of the article, Universal Lands Romantic Comedy from Paul, Fa- Paul Fag Paul Fag and Meredith Dawson. I believe that's you, Meredith. <laughs> it is, yeah. Me and, and my dear friend Paul Feig are working together. <laughs> Congratulations! That's really exciting. Um, so as soon as I read that, because I'm also I'm a fan of his and his work, so I figured, oh, I probably I will probably be a fan of Meredith. Uh, so I was somehow ended up on your Instagram because I I am that person. As soon as I uh, am interested in somebody's work, I end up on their Instagram and their Twitter. It's an illness, but I think a lot of people suffer from the same illness. And I saw a photo that caught my eye and immediately made me want to reach out to you. Um, which is, is it okay if I disclose what I saw? I think Please you know. do. I think you know what I'm going to say. Uh, it is a photo of Meredith. She's holding uh, Kelsey Grammer's uh, autobiography so far up. And the caption is, writing a movie is cool but uh, and all. But have you ever stumbled into the clearance book section and found God? 
And that's immediately when I thought the chances <laughs> that she only wanted to read this or wants it or got excited that it's Kelsey Grammer. I, there, it seemed impossible that you weren't also a Frasier fan. So that's when I uh, messaged you and and, uh, and it turns out you are a Frasier fan. So, the biggest, I would say. Well, we're not, you're the biggest. I'm, I'm up there. <laughs> um, so I am curious, how did you get into Frasier? What is your history with the show? I am a TV writer and a couple years ago, I didn't move out to LA to be a TV writer. I sort of decided a little bit later than I wanted to do it. And I said, you know what? I should educate myself on the best TV shows. So first we started with Cheers. Watch every episode, start to finish. I was like, this is great. This Frasier character is one of my favorites. Took a little break and went to Wings. And then I went to Frasier and immediately just fell in love. Watched every episode beginning to end and now it is something that I watch when I'm cleaning up, when I'm bored, when I'm happy, when I'm sad. If I have any free time, I'm not watching it. I'm telling people to watch it. <laughs> I, I mean, it's such a it's a wonderful companion, uh, especially thanks to uh, Netflix. So you sort of came into Frasier kind of later in the game. So you were already an adult when you started watching it, it sounds like. This was maybe four years ago. It was on in the background in my house growing up. I never watched it because I think a lot of people have this misconception that it's too highbrow of humor. Mm -hmm. And so some jokes are very technical, but some of them are just for everybody. So I was aware of it, but never gave it a chance. Sure. And uh, are there any particular episodes that you really like or stick out to you? Oh, there's two. A Valentine for Niles, but only the only Niles' part. Right. Three Valentines <laughs> and the first part for Valentine for Niles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the one where, I think it's season seven, when Frasier hosts the radio show and it's everybody has uh, is doing a voice from a story, but they all don't want to do it. So he ends up just trying to voice half of them and then Niles is three different voices. Oh, you're referring to Ham Radio. Ham radio, yes. Of course. that A classic, a classic episode. <laughs> um, re- very good pick. I think uh, that episode, along with there's another one where there's a murder mystery party at Niles's and <laughs> one of his guests actually dies. Yeah. Um, but I do believe that those particular episodes um, have always made me dream of having like a, a legitimate murder mystery party. But I don't know. I've done the research. It's actually quite difficult. Like it involves um, often buying or downloading games with extremely long instructions and then sending the uh, sort of characters descriptions to your friends and loved ones and then hoping that they're going to want to make the effort, which who, who wants to? But yes, that's where my love of uh, murder mystery parties comes from. That uh, great. Yeah. One day. Uh, and <laughs> do you have a favorite character? I'm... I'm a Frasier fan, true and true, ah. always. I just, the faces that man can make, <laughs> I dream of them. <laughs> he doesn't need to say anything. He just makes a face. Specifically at Eddie, he just will do the Frasier face, and that's what gets my uh, blood pumping. Oh, right, the stare down. And mm-hmm. and actually, uh, I think I've never seen anyone open their mouth as wide as when there's an episode where he dates a woman played up who looks exactly like his mother played by Rita Wilson and he tries to get over his uh the fact that she they look alike and so they try and be intimate and she like takes off her robe and he makes this face I don't know if you remember but it's very horrified and his mouth is very large and I I thought now that's acting that's what I think a lot of the time when uh of Kelsey Grammer on that show. Um, so you mentioned when we were chatting on uh, Instagram 
that you said something like, the amount of Frasier-related things I own is embarrassing. So please uh, 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 tell me, what, what kind of things do you own? So I bought myself, there is a, a small cookbook called like the Cafe Nervosa cookbook that I bought for myself. Oh. And then later that year, my friend uh, also bought it for me as a birthday gift. So I own two copies. Oh, wow. Earlier this year, as a, I think as a birthday gift last year, as a Christmas gift, my agents sent me a um, apron. I like to bake that says I'm listening on it, ah. which is Frazier's you know, tagline. <laughs> ah. um, I own a shirt that has one of Frazier's classic faces that says, I'm wounded. <laughs> Last night, I slept in a shirt that says, I'm pro-opera and I vote. Um, <laughs> there's one more thing that I'm... Oh, on my, on my w- gallery wall, I have... It's uh, all the shows I love. And so for the Frazier one, it's three inserts of, of a picture of eggs the Seattle skyline, yeah. and then um, a tossed salad. Oh my so gosh! So imagery from the show. Wow. There's some. There's another piece of clothing I just bought. Anyway, it's it's a lot. Anything Fraser related, I'll I'll take it. That's uh, amazing, and you absolutely have uh, tr- uh, trumped me in terms of uh, amount of of merch. Uh, I would love to have more. I actually had. I won't go into detail, but I'll just say I had two shirts, one uh, that was gifted to me, but I had a falling out with the person uh, who gifted me the shirt. So I bought a new shirt uh, and it is it says Frasier on it, but it's in the logo of Sega, which I truly didn't really understand. I just like the way it looked. But now when people see me wearing it, they're like, oh, do you like Sega? And I'm like, no, I I forgot the other shirt. It says I paused Frasier to be here. That was the other shirt. Oh, I love it. Oh, I have a cafe nervosa mug that is probably my most beloved uh merch which i mean i have like two things but uh yes i've, I've got to catch up i'd love to get some art i've seen a lot of um i'm in some a few fraser fan groups online and there are a lot of sort of like somebody painted uh martin crane's chair and i i think you know can i can, can i convince my boyfriend that we can have this and put it in our living room we're not there yet so we'll we'll see i'd actually love to go back to your history for a second so i i think that's super cool that you essentially did some homework uh in in you know to chase your your dream of of writing so so you watch some of the classics and then i had read a a little bit of your bio too that you had also that you had written for um the tv adaption of four weddings and a funeral is is that correct i sure did that's awesome so was that like your first tv writing job or is there other stuff that you're working on or currently just the, you know, the movies, your focus? Um, I'm one of those people who tries to do it all. I, the first TV writing job I had was on the NBC show Champions. Okay. And I worked for one of the creators and the other creator was Mindy Kaling. So when she had four weddings picked up, I just jumped onto that. Uh, and then from there, I sort of wrote movies alongside. So the first feature I actually did is set up at Amazon with, Reese Witherspoon's company producing, and then the Universal movie that you brought up um, at the beginning of this is the is the second feature I have in development. So I'm trying to I'm spinning a lot of plates yeah. over here. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not going to say I my career parallels your, yours, but I will say, uh, as a I'd say a fellow creative, I can understand. Like I personally enjoy being busy and spinning a lot of plates. So um, if that's what makes you happy. Um, I love it. 
yeah and and um and for me it was very exciting that i was able to turn a hobby of mine which is watching television uh into a podcast so you watched wings you watched cheers and you watched frasier i grew up on all of those shows um as listeners have heard me say many times i did not have cable growing up so a lot of i watched a lot of tv especially on nbc because that channel came in the best uh from like you know mid 90s through the early 2000s so wings uh now, Wings has a, I feel like Wings has a connection to another sitcom, but I can't remember which one. I one of the creators from Cheers went off to create Wings, and I think from one of those guys went off to Frasier. They're all, I think they're all connected. Okay. So is that why you sort of decided, Cheers and Frasier make sense to me, like watching those as a as a pair, but then Wings, um, same time period where I wasn't sure what the connection is, but now I do. Yeah, I think yeah, I think one of the creators or at least one of the writers on Cheers started and did Wings. And there's also a cameo from Frasier in Wings, I believe. Ah, interesting. Okay, well, I'm, I'm, well, if Wings ever comes, is Wings streaming anywhere? That, that's that's my question. How did I watch it? I think it was on Netflix. Oh, well, I'll just I'm check sure it will be on there. Peacock eventually. Probably. So today's episode, if I haven't mentioned it, already is uh, about the best of Eddie, Eddie the dog. Um, I really wanted to save this topic for truly for for a, a true craniac uh, uh, so as to not frighten them with um, the outline that I sent Meredith last night, which uh, involved some 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 details <laughs> about Eddie. I didn't even send you the whole thing because I thought, I don't want to, you know, I want there to be some surprises. Um, but before we get to that, I am curious. Uh, how are you feeling about this possible revival? And, and and with that, is there any sort of guest or character that you would want to write or would you want to write yourself in, like for a, for a guest role? I am a little nervous about it. It's so hard to make something that was perfect even better. Right. Yes. <laughs> I challenge, I, I look forward to those writers and what they come up with. I wouldn't want to write myself into a role in it, but I want to be a writer on it. That would be the ultimate dream, or at least, you know, just someone who sits in the room while they come up with jokes. But uh, it will be very difficult to do without Martin. And mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. as someone who has been in rooms where you figure out stories, I'm very curious the angle they take, if it's with his son or if Lilith comes back or if he's dating again, I'm curious. I'll give it a watch, but I am hesitant. Yeah, I I definitely uh, have some mixed feelings as, you know, Martin very much is to me, at least of the already, the show that already exists, you know, kind of the the soul or the conscience I to me. Um, so it, I would be very curious. Now, separately, you know, another character or a, a dog that's no longer with us is Eddie. Now... I thought about it because I didn't realize until I started doing research on the actors. Is that what you call dogs? Act can like are actors also non-human? I, I dog actors. Interesting. I don't. I'm still not sure. But anyway, I was looking up sort of. You know, I knew about Moose, uh, but I didn't know that much about Eddie Number Two, who is Enzo, who is Moose's son. I. <gasps> did not know that until I, I was sort of going through the internet uh, last night. Now, after I learned that uh, 
Enzo, I, I learned that Enzo had been purposefully uh, bred along with some other puppies because there was the possibility that Moose would have to be replaced. So uh, I, so then I started thinking, has this been going on since the show? Are they going to have, you know, Enzo's great great grandson? I'm not sure. So I don't know. Are they going to have a dog at all? Are they going to switch animals? Is it going to be a cat? I don't know, Meredith. Are you? Do you want to see another dog in in the in the revival? tough tough cue like that <laughs> is great but again how do you make it better than what it was but cats you can't train mm. as well as a dog mm-hmm. so they have to find some element that would have to be it a small child i don't know if uh <laughs> if they found a different dog that would maybe be an interesting twist perhaps like different breed. i'm sorry different breed a different breed yes yes a breed i yes and i I don't know if it should be a, a breed going in a completely opposite direction, like a large dog, a Beethoven. Perhaps. Well, that's not that's the name of, of a that's a Saint Bernard. That's not the name of the breed is Beethoven. Um, well, I guess we'll have to see. So I do have some I'd call them fun facts about the dogs. But I'm curious because you, too, are a, a craniac. So I'm curious. What do you know about Moose, the first Eddie? I know that he died at 15 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. I know that in order to get him to be playful and lick the characters on set, they'd have to put a little liver pate behind their ears. Yes. Mm-hmm. On, and yeah. there's one other thing that I'm going to pull out of my brain. <laughs> Come on, Meredith. Uh, this is important. Uh, <laughs> oh, but he was um, originally he was too wild of a dog with his original owners. And so they rehomed him. And the a dog trainer is the one who has sort of adopted him and then mm-hmm. made him the star that he is. So mm-hmm. Imagine like the dog you gave up was the star on Frasier. <laughs> wow. I'd be so mad because he led quite a life. There is a video I found online uh, of with an interview with Moose and his trainer, whose name I'm, I think I'm going to butcher, but it's, I think it's Matilda DeCagney. Uh, um, and yeah, so they were, she, they, she was talking about sort of, uh, you know, his life as a star and that sometimes they take limos to set and, uh, get all kinds of treats and and stuff. And I'm sure she was making some money. So yeah, if I were on TV and I saw my former dog was like a cash cow, I'd probably be pretty mad. Okay. So, uh, other facts in addition to all of yours, which are correct, or at least according to Wikipedia, uh, Moose was born on Christmas Eve. In 1990, uh, which is kind of cute, there is an official moose calendar and quote-unquote autobiography called My Life as a Dog, written by Brian Hargrove, who is the husband of David Hyde Pierce. Also news to me. I feel like if if you've got so far, you might have to add this to your collection. Uh, Yeah. The last six and a half years of his retirement were spent with his son Enzo, their trainer, and the dog from As Good As It Gets. So, okay, sounds like she is a trainer to the stars, meaning two or to three dogs, but still, that's a lot to me. I, I'm one of my, I think my favorite moose picture, which you've probably seen, is him on the cover of Entertainment Weekly. Did you ever see that? I did. What a star. And it says on the cover, I'm looking it up right now because I forgot. It's something like, he's hot. He's full bred and he's on television or something like that. Something uh, delicious. Extremely weird. Uh, oh, yeah. He's hot. He's sexy. He's purebred. <laughs> According to Moose's obituary in BBC News, 
that I found last night. And I quote, during the height of Frazier's popularity, Moose received more fan mail than any of his human counterparts. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I believe it. Okay, let's test your knowledge on Enzo. What do you know about Enzo, uh, Eddie number two? I know that he was the dog in my dog, Skip. Yes, correct. And that's it. Okay. (laughs) Educate me. Well, very important. Uh, Well, he was Eddie for the last four seasons. Enzo was cast as Skip in the film My Dog Skip. Moose played the older Skip in several scenes. Uh, Now, this part, oh, it makes it sounds very sad if true. Offset trainer Matilda has stated that Moose and Enzo's relationship was so bad that the two could not stand to be in the same room together. Classic Hollywood. Oh, I don't. Yeah, probably. Now, oh, and the one more fun fact: Enzo was one of a few puppies bred specifically as possible replacements for Moose. Another son of Moose named Moosey lived with Perry Gilpin, the actress who played Roz. That. Oh, that- news to me and i like that they really barely changed the name and just went with moosey um yes so now that we know uh, about the dogs behind the character eddie now seems like a good time to talk about favorite moments so i'm curious what is one of your favorite moments and or uh or, or episodes uh in involving eddie the dog As I previously disclosed, one of my favorite episodes is Three Valentines. So in the Niles portion, when he's having his whole meltdown, Eddie is just sitting and staring and watching the whole thing fall apart, which is just beautiful acting. What a performance. I think there's even a part where he like puts his little paws over his head or he hides underneath something and things are not going well. Give that dog an Emmy. (laughs) Ooh, an honorary Emmy, perhaps. Posthumous. Yeah, there's no, I don't think there's an animal category, which for some reason surprises me. I mean, we do have uh, a reality TV category, uh, which I think is reality TV is very different from scripted. So why not have some TV dogs in there or TV animals, excuse me. Although right now I can't think of the only other dog I can think of is Lucky from Seventh Heaven. I'm I'm blanking on other dogs. Um, But yeah, I'm a huge fan of that episode slash that first part. And also, I felt as if I could, <laughs> not in the exact same way, but I could relate to the fact that Eddie, as a dog, or perhaps as all dogs, are patiently and desperately waiting for any food that somebody has left over. I feel like I can relate to that. I, too, uh, am a mooch. But yeah, I love that. I like that. I'm wondering if there was more than one of these dream sequences, but there was one that came to mind that I found online, which is from the episode uh, Freudian Sleep, where uh, Frazier has what he considers to be like an erotic dream about Sigmund Freud. Uh, At the very end of the episode, you see Eddie's dream perspective, which is that he's jumping up and down, trying to reach uh, some sort of dessert or bread. Then he wakes up in real life and then goes to the kitchen and jumps up and down trying to get on the counter. I thought that was cute. I like when oh, I like, yeah, I like when they try to get in his brain so we know what he's thinking. And at what else? How are there any other? What what's another moment or episode you like? I there's um when he gets those the dog the episode where he gets a bunch of uh, this dog in the park pregnant. Yes. So they have to the whole issue of neutering him is is just great fodder between Martin and Fraser. Oh yeah. And this isn't really specific about Eddie, but they're waiting and they take him at the end and at the last couple of seconds in the show where they take him in and all three of Niles, Fraser, and Martin cross their legs <laughs> when they take him in. Like that's one of the moments. But when he just you know you're just like little stud muffin Eddie. 
You're like, way to go. He's such a stud muffin. And uh, that episode is called The Uncuttest, sorry, The Unkindest Cut of All. Uh, What a gross title. I love it. It's such a gross (laughs) title. Yeah. And I thought it was a great way to, um, I mean, I'm also a big fan of of the episodes and even just watching uh, Martin and Fraser's relationship and it kind of grow. Last night, in fact, this is a, a, a thing I constantly go back to a lot because I realize that looking at social media before I go to sleep is not good. And that's often what causes me to like have trouble sleeping. So I went back to what I've done in the past, which is watch old episodes of Frasier and they do lull, lull me to sleep. I was uh, last night lulled to sleep by the episode where uh, Martin and Niles and Frasier go ice fishing and are Great. just trying to get him to say, I love you. I love that episode. That cabin, so small. (laughs) It's so small. Um, Yes. Also, another perk of uh, the episode you just mentioned is all the puppies, which were very cute. Yeah. Uh, And I I got – that was a great – I thought a great Roz moment in that episode is when she uh, fakes being, like, uh, excited about the puppies. Uh, (laughs) And I thought that was great. Um, Yeah. Another – well, no, this one is – this is another favorite episode of mine. Uh, that's called Three Dates and a Breakup. This episode revolves around Frasier going on three different dates in his apartment, each one ruined by Sherry, Martin's girlfriend at the time. Uh, and yeah, and always ends up uh, turning out badly. But at the end of each date, when it goes wrong, he just gives Eddie all of his food. And I appreciated that. Uh, <laughs> Definitely Eddie's favorite episode. For sure, or moose rather. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm sure with all the food he was getting to eat, he was very happy. That I thought it was just like a weird kind of just extra thing. Uh, in there's an episode where Frazier, oh, Frazier's out of work, so then Martin decides to get a break from him. He's going to move in with Niles, and the weird thing that Eddie does in the small time, the short time that he's living there, is pace and circle around his dining room table. I just thought that was like a weird, uh, fun extra thing. And then, of course, if you go online, there is a supercut of Eddie uh, staring at Frasier, which I love. I love, I love. And my thing is, you know, the whole sort of relationship is seemingly Frasier being annoyed by him. But I'm curious what you think. On the other end of this, Eddie is the one that's constantly staring at Frasier. I think it's because he really likes Frasier. What do you think? He or do you think this was Frasier. psychological torture? Okay, he does love Frasier. He loves him. He he understands that Martin's his best friend. And he knows that Martin loves Frasier. So by proxy, he's always like, Frasier's my guy. But, you know, he's got to give him a little razzle-tazzle. That's not a thing. He has, to- <laughs> <laughs> he has to yank his chain a little bit, you know? Keep him on his toes. That's right. Exactly. Yes, I would want that from my dog, too. <laughs> uh, and oh I also th- these aren't really scenes but there were a few Eddie outfits that I liked including the little yellow raincoat oh uh, adorable so cute and in general if I see any kind of dog in a raincoat uh, the only dog breed that tends to frighten me a bit in a way that isn't like it almost like I'm worried for them is a greyhound you, uh, like I don't know if you have certain breeds that you're like I don't want to get into a controversial topic here talking about dogs we don't like, but uh, I, that's the only time I've seen a dog in a raincoat and I didn't think it was cute. I saw a greyhound. It really freaked me out. Um, just like, was it Niles' dog? Oh Come my here. gosh. Oh, right. Oh, I f- okay. 
Oh my god, I forgot about I forgot about Maris. Basically, that mm-hmm. that uh, oh my god, that dog was an analogy for Maris. That's right. Yeah, I think that's probably why I just thought of a greyhound. Okay, D- uh, uh, before we move on to uh, Kelsey Grammer Moose controversy, are th- are there any other um, moments episodes that you really liked that we have not mentioned? Any Christmas episode where Martin dresses any up in this little Santa outfit, I die. It's so Aww, cute. It is very and cute. It doesn't seem like it's a thing they trained him to do, but whenever he just sits there with his tongue hanging out, <gasps> so sweet. Well, that thing that I was wondering about because when I was watching this video that was behind the scenes uh, with his trainer, uh, Moose was also in it, and he was like lying on her lap, and his little tongue was out. So I'm just wondering. Like, yeah, that's how he is. Yeah. Just- because I, I don't know how you would train a dog to just lay there with its tongue out. I guess you'd have to have a lot of treats, most likely. Well, yes, obviously Eddie's had some some great moments. But uh, yeah, let's get to uh, a topic that I am extremely passionate about, which is what is this, uh, this beef between Kelsey Grammer and Moose? Now, I will say I think uh, I personally feel more like there's evidence <laughs> that Kelsey Grammer was all of this was fueled by his jealousy of Moose uh I went to see and I apologize listeners you've already heard this but Meredith if you you haven't uh Kelsey Grammer this year they uh they brought back inside the actor's studio uh for like a you know a few I don't know five or six episodes I think the episodes may have started coming out on the Sundance channel but uh, they film inside the actor's studio at Pace University, and mm-hmm. my friend is an alum of Pace. So she reached out to me however long ago and said, Kelsey Grammer, because they were doing rotating uh, hosts, and Kelsey Grammer was going to be one of the hosts, and he was going to be interviewing James Burroughs, who mm-hmm. I'm sure you're quite familiar with. Yes. Um, and so I went to the taping, and seemingly unprompted, he brought up the dog and he said, I mean, obviously I don't have it on tape and I'd be curious to see if it made the final cut. He claimed, and I quote, Moose is a terrorist. He, ever, he, oh. he either said Moose, Moose, Moose is a terrorist or Moose was a terrorist. He also said uh, in an interview that uh, he claimed that Moose would bite John Mahoney every time he sat on his lap and that Mahoney hated him. Before I get into all of this, are you... <laughs> I feel like I've already given you a lot of information. That's were, were, did you know anything about this before I brought it up, this beef? No, I don't know about the moose beef. I, I knew a little tension between uh, between Kelsey and moose, but you never know the reality of things. But I think when you hear something like that, where there's been so much time that's passed, that it's probably true. Because it's like, I can say it now. Right. Well, what I wanted to do is because I wanted to present the claims here and then answer the final question, which is, who's telling the truth? So allow me to regale you with (laughs) the evidence that I have. Uh, Okay, so that's one of Kelsey's uh, claims. He's also claimed that Moose is a terrorist. Now, in the video that I watched yesterday with Matilda, his trainer, he described, she described Moose as a bit mischievous. He likes to chase squirrels, eat trash, fine. He, she also said, as soon as the cameras are off, Kelsey is the first one on his hands and knees, being even more dog than the dog itself. So Ooh. that's an interesting tidbit. Ooh. Then I found, I found an interview with John Mahoney from Fox News. 
Okay, I'm already a little bit on the fence about the validity. But regardless, <laughs> I found one particular excerpt. Fox News said to John Mahoney, Kelsey Grammer previously told us that you and Moose, the dog, didn't get along. Mahoney said, that was a problem at times. Haha, I love dogs, but Moose, he tolerated everybody else. Uh, and then he specifies two specific times that he bit Mahoney. And the circumstances were this. Uh, he bit me twice, but I didn't blame him. One time we were getting out of the car and I closed the door on his tail and he Ooh. went and got, and he went and got me a good one. Then another time in a scene, I was supposed to pick him up and see if the boys had a job done, a, a job done at, at the vet. When I did, I did it from the back. He wasn't expecting it. So as I picked up the dog, he turned around and bit me. He was a temperamental actor as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Interesting. So interesting. We have some evidence that the uh, yeah, uh yes well no definitely moose bit uh, mahoney does that mean he hated him i'm not sure but now i come back to the jealousy part so kelsey Grammer in the washington post and i quote once said i love dogs i don't have any particular feelings about that dog because i just work with him it takes twice as long to finish a show when the dog's in it it's a dog it's not a hardship you know it just takes longer he doesn't always get it the first time and we have to stop and go back and, and then went on to say, it's well, it's just so silly. He gets so much attention. I do draw the line when somebody says, oh, he's such a good little actor. That's it. He's not an actor. He's a dog. So. Shots fired. Shots, shots fired. I say all of this. And then accompanied by the fact that through the, the entire show, Moose received more fan mail than say, oh, I don't know, Kelsey Grammer. I think his jealousy has perhaps fueled him to make some mm, dramatic claims about moose that aren't completely true. And that's my opinion. <laughs> I would agree. But also, if you think about it, if you have a TV show running, let's say, for seven years, and you have an actor do something, do two bad things only twice in seven years on a 22-episode season, that's pretty good. So sure. I would say I'm, on the, I'm kind of on moose's side if you bite someone and you do the wrong thing. I agree. Two bites is is pretty good. Yeah, I'm <laughs> with you. Slightly off topic, just because I am curious, um, especially because you are a TV writer. Uh, I've, you know, I obviously we both have thoughts on the revival, but I'm just curious. And obviously, since you're saying it on the pod, it's proof that it's your idea. Do you have any thoughts on because you know the last I read, Kelsey Grammer said, you know, the revival most likely will not take place in Seattle. So I'm curious, for a potential revival, do you have any thoughts on like where it might take place, and you know, if any, who else would be involved? Should Freddie be heavily involved? I think I were if I were to guess, it would probably be New York mm. or Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Because from a purely actor-based thought process, he probably wants to be close to home and near a major city to do work. So uh, even though you're on like a soundstage, I, it feels like those are the two of the big cities he could go to that are different from Boston and Seattle. Uh, and Freddie would make sense because the heart of the show is, is about a relationship between a father and a son. So Freddie and Frazier make the most sense. But I can see them going in a world where they maybe don't do his family and he joins another work. It's more of like a workplace show. Like if you have an office full of psychiatrists or something or he works in like a medical office, sure. something like that I could also see happening. Yeah. Do you think that perhaps he could graduate from radio 
to another medium? He could probably go back to private practice. I think the character expressed missing that. Uh, he likes a celebrity of it, but I think he missed part of pri- private practice. Maybe even a professor of psych- oh. psychology, psychi- psychiatry. Sure. So options. He's I a ac- smart man with that Harvard degree. I actually <laughs> like, oh, right. How could we forget he went to Harvard? Um, <laughs> I like the idea of him going uh, back into private practice because in my head, I would think if the show comes back and he's in private practice, perhaps, I'm just throwing it in here as a possibility, is when he you know, maybe gets approached to have his own like Dr. Phil type show. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that's what sort of sucks him back in. I could see that as a maybe. Now that I've pitched it, I would love for him to be a professor because you get to see him as, as to teach a class, have the interaction with all the students, and he still has the element of being a celebrity as the head of a class. Sure. And that God complex of should I pass you or fail you? So you know what? (laughs) I'm going to write that version. (laughs) (laughs) All right. You write that version. Um, now, at the end of the, the series, he ends up uh, going to Chicago to take a chance with Charlotte. Now, I would think, you know, a lot in my opinion, a lot of the, the comedy of that show uh, comes from his dating life. So it's hard for me to imagine that he is like still with her or in like a committed relationship. Um, and I also just love um, when the show would kind of put him together with another sort of like strong force. Like um, I really liked when he was with Kate, the station manager. Um, so I'm curious, are there any actresses uh, that you think as Kelsey, as Frazier, that he could potentially have uh, chemistry with as a potential love interest in a future revival? I would love to see him with Allison Janney, but also... Because it's 2019, I would love to see him with some women of color. Ooh, so if yeah. you had like, you know, like um, Viola Davis, Ooh. that would be a, weird, a sexy, weird combination. Oh, Ava wow. Oreo would be really good. Mm. Um, there's a long list of women I'd like to see him. Just like a, just like a fiery woman who doesn't take shit. Yeah. That's kind of, you know, another version of Kate, essentially. Sure. Yeah. I think that that, I, I mean, I think one thing that could really come out of the revival is something very important that you bring up, which is something I've definitely spoken about on the show, which is given the fact that, you know, it's in the, it's, what was it? This was the, this was the early nineties through 2000 something, you know, assuming it's a very white writer's room, it's a very white show. So I think it would be really cool to see all of that change with the revival. I'd be curious to see what they do with the writer's room. And if it's going to be, you know, all the same people like, you know, I I interviewed on on this podcast, uh, executive producer Joe Joe Keenan, who I absolutely love and has written basically every all of my favorite episodes uh, of Frasier. And I mean, I would love to see some of the original people involved, but I think to your point, especially if you want to get some new exciting characters in that, you know, are like not white, um, I think it would definitely help uh, to have like a diverse writer's room, especially because I think it would be great to see them not have an, a, a repeat of one of my, I think, most cringeworthy episodes, uh, which is There's Something About Dr. Mary. Do you remember? Yeah. That was rough. <laughs> that was rough. <laughs> I um I have I've compared that episode to there uh it, obviously it's not the same premise but this thing of Fraser feeling guilty being like I can't tell this person I don't like them because either they're black or there's the episode with Bob the guy in the wheelchair 
who yep. so it's this similar like guilt thing so I would definitely love to see um I think Viola Davis would be great I was just remembering that she was in Widows I don't know why that's the last movie I just thought of with her in it but um yeah she's fantastic um I'm trying there's to also an episode where um Martin's old cop buddies in the hospital yes and haven't spoken in years is that what you're referring to uh oh no yeah. i was re- i was Sorry. i oh no i was referring to an episode where fraser is trying to make new friends so he starts like a contest on in on his show has people call in and then he's like he like starts talking to this guy who thinks he has uh, stuff in common with named bob turns out he doesn't really like bob because he likes barbecue and he just in general doesn't like him, but then finds out that he's in a wheelchair. So then he feels like he can't be like, Bob, I don't want to hang out with you because you're yeah. in a wheelchair. So that's similar. Fra- I feel like Frazier has a lot of guilt. They they definitely <laughs> uh, about many things. But um, yeah, I would I would be curious to see uh, what happens in the in the next iteration. Oh, also, I'm curious if if there's any actress that you could picture having played in the past, uh, Maris, who who comes to mind? That would she would play present day or she would have played back then? I think played back in the past. Ooh, that's tough. Who's that thin? <laughs> well, I have said several Kate times. <laughs> oh my god, I didn't even think of that. I was thinking Lara Flynn Boyle. That's, oh, yep, yep, yep. I I thought she would be very very good. I would be very curious to see. Oh, you know who I brought up just in my own life recently was I'm a huge I really like Kathleen Turner and I feel like uh I would love to see her be some sort of uh I don't know if I think it would be really exciting to see Fraser with an age appropriate woman. I I'm curious to see the likelihood of that. Um but if it's not possible, I would at least like to see her be She also has to me I love her voice. I think she would be a great nemesis in terms of like in a similar field and like they're competing against each other. Love a good female Fraser nemesis. Yes, exactly. Okay. Back to the stuff that you own uh, that's Fraser Fraser merch. Do you feel that you're missing anything or there's something else you want to add to your collection? There are a million things I'm missing. I have had a KACL coffee mug in one of my, uh, I think it's on Etsy forever. And then when I, there, like my dream gift to myself is, are you familiar with the caricaturist Hirschfeld? I have to look at his first name. No, but I'm going to look him up right now. So he is a famous uh, caricaturist and he would do all these portraits of cast members from famous TV shows. And there's one of Seinfeld. I think it's like a a million dollars. And my goal is to suddenly buy that for myself. Uh, Oh, you mean is there's one, is his name Al uh, Hirschfield? Yes. And is there one with Frazier? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm looking it up. And and, um, um, the artist is no longer living. So if I were to buy this on Amazon right now, there's a signed copy for (gasps) $1,500. So that is is something I would love to get myself one day. Oh, that is so cool. I'm looking at it right now. Fantastic. Have you ever gone so far in terms of your uh, love of Frasier? Have you ever done a Frasier Halloween costume in your life? I have not. Uh, The closest... This isn't close at all, but I've always wanted to get a tattoo of Fraser Crane's face on my <laughs> forearm. But 
downside to that is that everyone will assume it's Kelsey Grammer and I don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, that that's really funny. Um I actually one year I uh, convinced an old roommate of mine to go in a kind of a friends couples costume. She went although I mean I love her, but I do think that she did not try her hardest. She went with went with Martin Crane. I went with Niles. So she went like in flannel and like black jeans. I was like, all right, you, you know, I don't, I don't know if anyone can yeah. tell that you're. But I, um, I have a photo somewhere. Uh, I went as uh, Niles went, uh, under, during the episode where uh, his cockatoo gets stuck on his head. So, oh, great. so I got like a plush cockatoo and like, you know, wore clothes that made me look like a caterer. And and yeah, okay. and people guessed my costume. And I really think uh, it was because wow. of the cockatoo. That's incredible. I'm I get frustrated if you don't know what my costume is immediately. I don't want to explain it to you, which is why I've never done Frasier. Interesting. OK. Have you done any of any TV characters for a costume? I was Cookie Lion's four years ago i think oh let's that was good yeah from empire empire i had a very long ponytail fake hair extension i wore a lot of cheetah print and i had a lot of attitude that's I, well the, I, for me like last year well i wasn't cookie but the year before i decided to try whenever i try and do like a mixed genre costume unfortunately it's people usually get lost i was carrie bradshaw the vampire slayer so essentially i mean it was an excuse to get a fake fur coat from asos and then um had a fake cigarette in my mouth and a and a fake keyboard and then i was holding a steak and that was really the only thing that made me a slayer but you know still i had fun also side note i love asos so shout out to you (laughs) I still wear the coat. Um, I think for me, if you're, uh, in my opinion, if you're going to do a TV character, what I've learned is just having one important detail. So this year, I I really wanted to go. I hadn't. I don't think I had ever done a couple's costume, but I I, I am a big uh, fan of Law and Order SVU. Uh, I'm sure you know at least several women slash older women that love Law and Order SVU because I do think it, it does span uh, age uh, shockingly. I mean, you would you can't imagine when I go to the laundromat, it's like me and an elderly woman glued to the television watching Law and Order SVU. But anyway. <laughs> I met a woman who didn't like it. Exactly. I, I couldn't think of anyone. Um, so he was supposed to go as Munch, as Detective Munch, played by Richard Belzer. <laughs> I decided with just detail of hair like I, I was gonna you, you tell me if you could guess what my costume was I slicked my hair back uh, mm-hmm. I drew on a fake goatee uh, and a mole and uh, put on a fake earring and wore a badge around my neck who do you think you I was iced tea yes I was yes okay, good. I was. now I uh, he got sick so he couldn't uh, come out with me so I was just walking around uh, as de- uh, Detective Tutuola, um, it was all right. It was all right. I think I, you know, in in the future, I might want to try another Fraser costume. Part of me wants to try and be Lilith, or not Lilith. Part of me wants to try and be Maris, but I don't know how it would work because we don't know what she looks like. So I feel like there's like a joke there that I I want to try and tap into. I'm just not sure what it is. If you could, if you could do my final question as we wrap up, uh, if you could do a costume from Fraser, who would you want to go as? I would get it professionally done and I would be the chair. Uh-huh. Oh my God. That's a great idea. Oh, that's a fantastic idea. If I ever steal it, uh, I'll ask you first and then tell no, 
it. Take it. It's yours. And then, We're all the same community here. And then tell everyone that it was your idea. There it is. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, uh, Meredith, for being here. I feel very confident in saying that you are just as much of a craniac as I am. And I'm always happy to meet uh, a fellow Frage fanatic. That is the nicest thing anyone has ever said to me, <laughs> to be anywhere near the level of fame that you are. I'm honored <laughs> and hashtag blessed. Thank you for having me. And God bless social media, am I right? Oh, God bless social media. Uh, and on that note, good night, Seattle. Good night. I'm listening. <laughs>